You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily Arizona Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked on Cardinals, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Alex Clancy here. You will notice that I'm doing this show solo today. Bo uh, is on location elsewhere. He'll be joining me back on Monday. We've got a jam-packed show today. There's a lot of important things to talk about, and I'm going to take the first segment to kind of regroup. And, uh, you know, a lot of stuff has happened since the end of the 2020 NFL season. Uh, The second segment, I'm going to focus on – ranking the offensive position groups and I'm going to do the third segment ranking the defensive position groups and it'll kind of show the holes that the Cardinals still have on their roster and what you know parts of the roster they're you know in pretty good shape with you know April 9th going into uh, about three weeks away from the NFL draft follow the podcast at locked on AC cards thank you to everybody who listens who reaches out you know uh, Bo and I have a lot of fun um, just interacting with you guys guys and gals you know whenever you have a question you have uh something you agree with us about something you disagree we're always here to listen you can send us direct messages you can follow the facebook page the youtube page reach out to us on twitter we we really appreciate everybody that interacts because um we have to kind of pinch ourselves from time to time and you know be you know we're really appreciative of the position we're in where david Locke gave us uh this platform to be able to talk about the arizona cardinals and things are getting exciting um Again, the second segment, I'm going to rank the position groups on offense. Third segment, I'm going to rank the position groups on defense. And it'll show the holes that the Cardinals still have. And it'll show that holes that they had towards the end of the 2020 season that's now kind of shorn up ahead of the draft coming up in a couple weeks. Um, let's just take a look back. Okay, The Cardinals still have a lot of holes to fill on this roster. But with how inept, for lack of a better phrase, Steve Keim has been in the draft over the course of the last couple of years, save a couple draft picks, Buda Baker, uh, Kyler Murray. Um, they're in a pretty good spot. You know, yes, they've gotten older this offseason, but if they nail this draft, if Steve Keim at all nails this draft, the Cardinals are in the mix. You know, they're they're in a very, very good spot in the NFC West where there are a lot of question marks. Surrounding the other three teams. Seattle, who knows? Is Russell Wilson happy, unhappy? He came out and said he was ready to ride, but who the hell knows if that's true or not? Matthew Stafford has never played an important down in his career at quarterback when he was with Detroit, and the 49ers don't have a quarterback. So, yeah, they can move up, draft whoever's there, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, whatever. It's still going to be a rookie quarterback with a rookie steep bell curve on learning the quickness of the NFL game. And if we don't forget, the Cardinals... A pretty good pass rush. So the Cardinals are in a good spot. They've just been playing from behind for the past several seasons because of their inability to draft well and have young, exciting talent on this roster that doesn't cost an arm and a leg. Uh, The Cardinals have kind of decided that this year they're going to go for it. And listen, there's two different ways the season could go. In In all reality, in all actuality, there's two ways this season could go. One, it could go excellently. J.J. Watt has a rejuvenated year. Uh, A.J. Green shows the last two years were just marred by injury and bad quarterback play. 
and DeAndre Hopkins could elevate himself from an already elevated 2020 season. Kyler Murray going into his third year can show everybody, hey, I really was the quarterback from the first half of last season and not the second half. Or it could be problematic. I mean, the Cardinals' schedule is very difficult this year. They play a lot, lot of good QB1, wide receiver 1 tandems. Cardinals had they had their chance last year to make a, a run that nobody saw coming, like San Francisco took the, the year before. They played cupcakes. They played backup quarterbacks. They played weak defenses. They played teams with not great wide receiver course. And, you know, they faltered. They, they definitely improved, but they didn't reach the level that they could have if they would have taken care of business down the stretch. Now, the schedule this year is going to be very difficult. It's going to be very difficult. Obviously, when they play teams is paramount. We haven't seen the full schedule yet. We just know the opponents. But it could go one of two ways. I don't, I don't see it splitting down the middle. I don't see them going 7-10, and 10, doing my math, or 8-9 and nine with the 17-game season. I see them winning 10 or 11 games, or I see them winning 5 or 6 games. I think the former is going to be true, but there's still so many question marks surrounding this roster, not only with the team, the players that are on it, young and older, but what they do in the draft and the holes they fill in the draft. Again, second segment, I'm going to rank the position, the position groups on offense. Third segment, I'm going to rank the position groups on defense. And as I was doing it, as I was putting the names down and looking at depth charts, looking at projected depth charts, uh, looking at where they could potentially go in the draft, there's still a lot of questions, and that's fun. Like, let's take a second to regroup here. When I took over this pod, when I started this podcast in 2017, the most exciting thing that happened that year was the trade for Adrian Peterson because it was something exciting to talk about. David Johnson gets injured week one. Carson Palmer goes down when they're in London against the Rams and they get shut out. And that was pretty much a wrap for the season. 2018, they were statistically one of the worst teams of the 2000s offensively. The little nugget that I like to bring out once in a while, it pisses Bo off, but the Cardinals averaged less points per game in the 2018 season than the 2008 Detroit Lions who went 0-16. They averaged 14.1 points per game. My week one memory of the 2018 season was I was in, sitting in the press box and I was watching the Washington professional football team come into town. Alex Smith's first game as quarterback, Adrian Peterson's first game as running back for the Washington professional football team. And the Arizona Cardinals were on the field for just over five minutes in the first half. That's a wrap for the season. I mean, that was it with Sam Bradford. Josh Rosen, etc. The next year, Kyler Murray. Okay, little juice here in the Valley. Little juice, win five games, but the progression of where the Cardinals were in 2017 when I when I took over this podcast to now, pretty good. It's pretty good. So before we get into the nitty-gritty of the draft coming up in a couple weeks and the true ramifications of what the Cardinals did or not or didn't do this offseason. Take a minute to reflect and be like, you know what? They're in a pretty good spot. Fun quarterback. Probably the best wide receiver in the league, pound for pound, in my opinion. Uh, Chandler Jones, J.J. Watt is a pass rush. Buda Baker over the top. Even though they got rid of, even though Patrick Peterson's not coming back, man, there's a lot of things to be excited about. There's a lot of things to be excited about. And Bo and I do, I mean, we hold people accountable when, when, when things don't happen that we think should happen. That's why we're on this platform. We're not here just to smile and say, everything's going to be fine. Come on. We're not we people. There are two different kinds of fans. We, people that say we when they're talking about their favorite team, or they when they realize they're not on the roster. 
we're not we people, Bo and I, on this podcast. We, we Bo and I, want this want this team to succeed. I mean, it's so much better to talk positively about things. And in the Valley, it's the reverberations around Phoenix and Arizona when the Cardinals are good. It's something that hasn't been felt a lot through the extent of the existence of the Phoenix, then Arizona Cardinals, but the Cardinals could potentially be on the precipice of something great. And if there are a a couple tweaks done in free agency and Steve Keim is average to above average in the draft, Cardinals are playoff team next year. And we just take a second, have a little perspective through all the rigmarole of mock drafts, which are 98% wrong all the time. Um, Just be excited for where the Cardinals are right now. Coming up next, I'm going to rank the offensive position groups. And when I tell you the names of players associated with each group, it'll add a little clarity to what the Cardinals really need. Alex Clancy, Locked on Cardinals, flying solo today. Bo will be back with me on Monday. I apologize for those that don't like to listen to Bo. It's, it's a tough listen sometimes. I'll be right back to talk all things offense. But first, it's time to talk about our friends at betonline.ag. Listen, betonline.ag is your one-stop shop. It's got everything you need. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football's over. March Madness is over. You have NBA ramping up. NHL's ramping up. You've got golf for this weekend. I mean, there's never a shortage of things to wager on, and BetOnline's got you covered. They have covered. They have you covered for all the new scores, uh, scores and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use promo code Locked On. Go to the website or use your mobile device. Sign up. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code Locked On. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Locked On Cardinals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Alex Clancy here. Thank you to everybody who's listening, following on Twitter, on the live feed, Facebook, etc., who listens to the podcast. Our numbers are going up, and it's it's great. We, we just try to do the best job possible um, just to bring unadulterated opinion, uh, non-sugar-coated and... You know, we try to add a little insight to your lives, too, regarding the Arizona Cardinals. So I'm going to rank the position groups from best or from strongest to weakest on the offense. We'll start with the quarterback. I mean, it's obvious. Kyler Murray. Um, He's the crown jewel of of Phoenix. The fact they got him number one overall and he's worked is is a very good thing. Now, there are shortcomings with Kyler. I mean, they've got to figure out this offseason what kind of quarterback he's going to be. We saw a lot of running Kyler Murray in the first half of last season, and it was directly correlated to victories. That's not necessarily a recipe for extended and elongated success. Running quarterbacks don't win Super Bowls. They just don't. You know, you have this new hybrid of quarterback that's a perfect mix, like a Joe Burrow, Steve Young for the old-timers watching in the 90s where – you have the ability to run the ball, and you do when the offense, when the defense gives it to you, but it's not a look at your first option in the progression, then run. And I'm not saying Kyler was doing that last year. He was taking what the defense was giving him to coin the cliche that I hate. But, that I mean, the rushing touchdown and passing touchdown record that he's going to set at some point in his career is 
It's going to happen sooner rather than later. You just hope that he can do most of his damage behind the line of scrimmage for a couple reasons. One, you can run the traditional air raid, quote-unquote, offense with the new weapons that he has with A.J. Green. They're probably going to sign a running back before the before the season starts and, and uh, through the draft probably draft a, a wide receiver and a running back at some point if they're going to crew some picks somewhere. You don't want Kyler Murray, regardless of his stature, to be running more than necessary. And again, what Russell Wilson does is pretty much perfect. He can run in chunks, and he gains 30 yards when it looks like he gained 10, but he's not forcing the issue. And it seemed like at some point last year, Cliff Kingsbury is trying to roll in this, we're going to run more design runs for Kyler than is probably necessary to force the issue because he saw it was working during the first half of the season. It doesn't work. It's got to be organic. And Kyler's got to figure out what kind of quarterback he wants to be and what kind of quarterback in this offense he will be. But again, number one, Kyler Murray, strongest position group, and it's also the uh, the uh, you know the shallowest. I mean, adding adding Colt McCoy helps. I think it's a bigger deal than Bo does. Uh, just adding some stability, another adult in the quarterback room is important, especially for a quarterback that's pretty much flying solo. I mean, he's got Cliff Kingsbury, but Cliff doesn't have a whole lot of experience coaching quarterbacks, at least especially the NFL level. Uh, next is offensive line. I think this is. It's been a huge upgrade this year, not only from trading for Rodney Hudson, but retaining Kelvin Beecham for pennies. I mean, I'm I'm surprised that Kelvin Beecham came back for the amount of money that he came back for. Two mil. You know? I mean, that's going to prove huge dividends for this team if he replicates 80% of what he did last year on the right side of the line. So you have DJ Humphreys, Justin Pugh, and, and Rodney Hudson protecting the left side of the line. And if the Cardinals want to get frisky and draft Elijah Vera Tucker... At 16 overall, you could make the argument that if Lodgeware Tucker works out, if he gets, let's say he has, at the end of the season, a 77 uh, PFF grade from, from the left guard position, and Justin Pugh is a rotational guy, you could definitely say that the Cardinals have a top five left side of the line in football, which is beneficial when that's the blind side to your all-world quarterback or hoping to be franchise quarterback for the next 15 years. But the upgraded offensive line, not only from trading for Rodney Hudson, but also retaining uh, uh, Kelvin Beecham and having Justin Pugh take a pay cut so you can go sign other players, that's a win. That's a win. That would be number one if Kyler Murray wasn't the quarterback. Third, and this is where it's could all be tied for last, in my opinion, but a close, I mean, a, a, a surefire third is the wide receiving core just because of DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, I'm a firm believer in A.J. Green. I'm a firm believer in A.J. Green that he's going to be able to bounce back this year. If you look at what he's had to deal with through the extent of his career, Andy Dalton was fine. He got the lion's share of targets for the extent of his of his time there, uh, save last season. A.J. Green is a guy that can do everything. So if you want him to go in the slot at some point, he's a little big to be in the slot, but if you want him to be a possession receiver in the slot, kind of move him into, into Larry Fitzgerald role from when B.A. was here, he could do it. If you want him to run slants across the middle, he'd do it. he'll do it. He does it. He's done it. If you want to throw in a double coverage and say, go get it, big fella, he does it. It's what he's done. Ever since he's come out of Georgia, the dude has been an absolute difference maker. He's a DeAndre Hopkins light. He's not a burner. But if you want to throw deep routes, if you have the, if you have the pass protection for it, he can catch the ball downfield. He's a great red zone target. He's got great hands. He'll run every route in the route tree for you. He's a dog. 
and the Cardinals need as many of them as possible. But the upgrade for A.J. Green, I guess over Christian Kirk, we'll see what happens with Larry Fitzgerald, they were most likely to draft a wide receiver. If they can sign, I mean, there's still guys that they can get off the trash heap to make an impact because this wide receiving core is still pretty weak. Having said that, DeAndre Hopkins and A.J. Green with Christian Kirk as the third wheel alone, that puts the Cardinals wide receiving core as the third most strong, the third strongest position group on the offensive side of the ball. Running back is fourth. Uh, Chase Edmonds is not going to be RB1. Not only because that's a national pastime of the NFL. That doesn't happen anymore. There are no such thing as 30 carry backs anymore, at least not in winning offenses. And obviously, you know, game flow and things, it happens, but you usually have two guys back there sharing the carries or going at least 60-40. Like, what, like a Melvin Ingram, Austin Eckler from a couple, or Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler, a couple years ago from the Chargers. Fantasy football fans know what I'm talking about. 60-40, 70-30. Chase Edmonds needs a 50% because he's only going to take 50% of the carries at most. They need help from the wide receiver room or for the running back room. They need help. They need a lot of help. Free agent and draft. They need a lot of help. That's fourth. And then fifth, I mean, the fact that they have tight ends on this roster blows my mind. You know, Darrell Daniels had eight catches for 92 yards and a touchdown last year. Max Williams is not a pest-catching tight end. Dan Arnold had a handful of touchdowns. He had more mistakes than touchdowns last year, which says enough. So I don't know what they're going to do from the tight end position. I don't know if they're going to eradicate it completely. I don't know if they're going to be like, hey, Fitz, we'll give you 10 mil if you come back and play tight end for us. Max Williams a block. Darrell Daniels a block. You just run the route tree of the tight end from the inside. I don't think it could happen. I, I mean, I don't think he's big enough to be able to do it. Nor I think it's a demotion. It's a cornerback going to safety at, in your old age. I don't think it's going to happen. But I don't know what they're going to do with tight end unless they're going to take a flyer on one in the sixth round and hope he pans out, which, you know, it happened with Travis Kelsey and George Kittle. They were later picks, so maybe they're going to go by that model. I don't think, for the record, that they're going to trade up for Kyle Pitts. Okay, It sounds fun, but let's come back to reality here. They need the picks in 2022 so bad that even if they wanted to do that, they'd be mortgaging their future on the chance that one kid and all of his measurables actually pans out. When we've heard this myriad times in the past, this guy's the guy ends up not being the guy. Coming up next... Alex Clancy here, Locked On Cardinals. I'm going to flip to the defensive side, ranking the position groups on the defensive side of the football. Alex Clancy riding solo. Bo will be back with me on Monday, Locked On Cardinals. But first, it's time to talk about my friends, our friends at Built Bar. Listen, Built Bar had the bracket around uh, March Madness, the championship, went to Coconut Brownie Crunch, a chunk. Not my favorite, but listen, in our uh, NFL, the the Locked On NFL hosts DM uh, thread on Twitter, everybody loves the coconut stuff. I mean, I'm not a huge fan, but I that was palatable. And all of the flavors at Bilt Bar, I can eat, which is miraculous because I normally can't touch coconut. There are 18 flavors, okay, Bilt Bar. It's the best protein bar on the market. They're all chocolate-covered. They've got flavors like coconut almond, raspberry, German chocolate, peanut butter, uh, mint brownie, orange, toffee almond, lemon almond cheesecake, cherry barcia. I mean, it goes on and on. 18 of them. They are all low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for the keto diet. I mean, 
each one is twinged a little bit. Each one has a little different uh, level of protein, different level of sugar, so it balances out with the flavors that they have. But Built Bar, seriously, it's the best protein bar on the market. It tastes the best. It gets you revved up, but it doesn't overpower you with sugar. It's great, okay? Use the promo code LOCKED15 when you go to BuiltBar.com. You get 15% off. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Final segment, Locked on Cardinals. Feels weird doing this by myself. I did this weird by myself. I did this by myself for, I don't know, the first year and a half before I brought Bo on, and it's been fun since. It's there's just so much to talk about with the Cardinals, and it's so exciting. Like this is this is the right time. This is the right time to jump on the bandwagon of the Cardinals. Because if they now, one thing I do want to talk a little aside here. They obviously they need new jerseys. I feel like we should pepper this into every podcast so we can speak it into existence. They need new jerseys. I'm on the record for saying get rid of the bird on the helmet. Just go clean black or red or white or whatever. Like, look at what Washington professional football team's jerseys looked like last year. They are eons better than the Cardinals, and they don't have a mascot. They don't have a nickname, and they looked better. Just put AZ on the helmet. Put Cardinals on the helmet. Put Cardinals in red on a black helmet and just get nuts. Like, seriously, they've got to go sleek with these jerseys because, believe it or not, jerseys can be intimidating. When the Steelers were really good and you saw that black and yellow, you got intimidated by those jerseys. Okay? Patriots were never, the jerseys were never intimidating. They were just so good. But, I mean, the Cardinals need help. Cardinals need help from the jersey, from the jersey uh, avenue of this. I think Michael Bidwell is too much of a uh, stickler, too stubborn to change him. But I, I think it's time. So, on the defensive side of the ball, ranking tiers of position groups. This is where it gets really interesting. Now, we, we know the Cardinals need help in the wide receiver room. We know they need help in the running back room. It's obvious. I'm looking at this on the defensive side, and they're stronger than I thought. Now, obviously, with the addition of Malcolm Butler, even though Patrick Peterson walked, it's at least a lateral move. It's a lateral move. Okay, maybe fresh blood in here, Malcolm Butler wanting to prove himself, will, will, uh, will bear fruits that maybe we didn't see coming. J.J. Watt, and I said in the first segment, like, this could go one of two ways. Either this is going to go great, and J.J. Watt's going to have a career rejuvenation here, or it's not, and it was a money grab for J.J. Watt, and he doesn't have uh, enough left in the tank to, you know, to be a huge difference maker. I don't think the latter's true. I think this is going to be a Calais Campbell situation in Jacksonville, where he's going to come back and he's going to be a huge impact guy in the pass rush and on the defensive line. So, ranking them, the pass rush as an entity. I know it's not necessarily a position group, but I'm grabbing guys from the defensive line and edge rushers and linebacking core because J.J. Watt does both. Chandler Jones is is an edge rusher, but he's technically a linebacker. He's not a defensive end. So, the pass rush is the strongest entity on the defensive side. Chandler Jones, J.J. Watt, uh, Marcus Golden, and um, Buda Baker, I even put here with the pass rush. We'll see what they do if he's going to be a rover again like he was last year, if they trust Jalen Thompson in some sets to be over the top by himself. The pass rush itself, and then on top of it, this is also kind of a wishful thinking uh, ranking with them being the strongest in the pass rush on the defensive side. Isaiah Simmons. 
If Isaiah Simmons can pop, let's say Isaiah Simmons was given a D-plus for last year. He didn't fail. Maybe he was in calculus when he should have been in pre-calc. He's playing a completely different position. He He had arguably the biggest play on defense of all of last year for the Cardinals with the interception of Russell Wilson in overtime that got them that win on Sunday night football. And I know it's in a complete vacuum. He had a couple really bad helmet-to-helmet calls that like the one specifically against the Patriots against Cam Newton where he hit Cam Newton he made Cam Newton look like he looked like it was me getting hit by Isaiah Simmons he flew out of bounds it wasn't helmet to helmet it shouldn't have been a penalty but it cost the Cardinals the the win against New England if Isaiah Simmons was given a D plus last year for varying reasons and he jumps up to a B minus this year or a B the Cardinals defense could look completely different we can be complete, we can be speaking completely differently about the Arizona Cardinals linebacking court. Now, this is going to be predicated upon a couple things. One, do they move him to the outside? Or two, does he learn how to play inside linebacker, which he's never played in his life until he came to the Cardinals last year? Do the Cardinals learn from the career plight of, of Hassan Reddick? Like, you know what? We're not going to do that this time. We're going to let Isaiah Simmons play where he's most comfortable, and we're going to move pieces around that instead of vice versa. Where you're going to try and fit him a square peg in a round hole when Isaiah Simmons doesn't play and has never played inside linebacker. If Isaiah Simmons can be an impact on the pass rush, this could be the best pass rush in the NFL. I mean, they've got a perfect mix of everything. Chandler Jones is still a high-impact guy. He's a year removed from 19 sacks. J.J. Watt is here to prove himself. He's here to prove his paycheck because he's not a guy that is a, he's a, he's not a collect-a-paycheck guy. He, he's just not. If Isaiah Simmons is the catalyst from the linebacking core for this pass rush. Oh, boy. I mean, the quarterbacks in the NFC West should be should be scared. So that's one, the pass rush. Two is safety because Buda Baker is maybe the best defensive player on the team. I mean, he's small in stature. He plays safety, but pound for pound, it's the Floyd Mayweather argument. Pound for pound, the best boxer ever. I weigh 30 pounds more than Floyd Mayweather. But... Budabaker's probably the best defensive player on the field. Him and Jalen Thompson. Jalen Thompson can take that next step. They added Chris Banjo, or they re-signed Chris Banjo. They added Sean Williams over from Cincinnati. Uh, they have Deontay Thompson there. Like, the safety the safety core is deep. And barring any sort of injury, hopefully that they won't sustain like they did last year with Jalen Thompson going down, Budabaker missing a game. That is the second best core on the defense just spearheaded by Buda Baker being the best defensive player the Cardinals have. Third, defensive line. This is where it gets weird from the pass rush because J.J. Watt's technically a defensive lineman, but he's also an edge rusher. He stands up, he puts his, uh, he puts his hand in the dirt because does a little bit of everything. But the depth on the defensive line with Jordan Phillips, Lucky Foto, Zach Allen, Rashad Lawrence at nose tackle, and J.J. Watt, got a situation. Now, this is all pending... Lucky Foto and Rashad Lawrence taking a step forward, being able to stay on the field with the injury concerns that those two and Jordan Phillips had last year. It was a little different. Uh, losing Corey Peters, l- losing Blackson, it's, it's, those guys played sparingly, but if Lucky Foto and Rashad Lawrence can step into those holes and be impact guys, two fourth round picks from last year's draft, the defensive line could be stout. And again, in the 3 4 scheme, the base with JJ Watt there and Chandler Jones being able to lurk, that defensive line, if they can take a step forward with the younger guys, could easily be the third best tier of the defense. Fourth, 
is the linebackers. There's too many question marks. And again, this is loosely defined with Chandler Jones. He's technically a linebacker, but you know, he he plays he plays more positions than just that. If you look at the list, there's a lot of question marks. Jordan Hicks played great his first year and a half in an Arizona Cardinals uniform. Took a step back last year. He's slow in coverage, still has great tackle numbers. Devon Kennard, who knows will make the 21, the uh, 53-man roster to start the 2021 season. We'll see if cap considerations come into play, if the Cardinals want to go a different route and cut him. Uh, Marcus Golden, obviously, he's an elder statesman, but he showed last year that he's definitely got juice left in the tank, especially for the money that they gave him with a two-year, $8 million deal. And then Isaiah Simmons, the biggest question mark on the roster, regardless of position, he's the biggest question mark on the roster. If you can get a guy like Isaiah Simmons to pop, if he goes from a, a D-plus to a B-minus grade at the end of the 2021 season, you are looking at a villain on defense. You are looking at a killer on defense. 6'3", 240, sub 4440. The dude is an absolute masher. And if you saw how hard he hit guys last year, if he can hone in his ability to get better at target practice, where he puts his helmet... So he's not getting penalties on his biggest hits. Sweet mother, you're going to have a terror of a linebacker in Isaiah Simmons. Who knows? Maybe they use a hybrid. Maybe they put him at safety if he can get a little quicker. I don't know. But the biggest question mark on the defense is Isaiah Simmons. He plays linebacker. So that's the second biggest question mark of defensive uh, of defensive uh, positions for the Cardinals. That's why they're fourth and fifth is corner. It's the weakest. It's been the weakest. It's been the weakest for the last five years. Patrick Peterson looks over. I'll never, I mean, 2017, when they drafted Brandon Williams, a running back out of college, and they moved him into corner, and he was the starting CB2 for week one. It's like, what the hell are we doing here? What the hell are we watching? Watching the Cardinals just punt on a CB2. The Cardinals haven't had a CB1, CB2 mashup since Patrick Peterson and Antonio Cromartie. That was a long-ass time ago, man. So even with signing Malcolm Butler and Byron Murphy coming into his now veteran stance, who knows if they're going to keep him inside or force him outside. It's, it's going to be tough to play outside for him. He's shown flashes, but also his rookie year, his rookie year, he was statistically, I think he gave the most touchdowns of any corner his rookie season. Now, it didn't help that Patrick Peterson was out for six weeks with a PED suspension. He kind of was thrust into the CB1 role as a rookie, which is tough. But Malcolm Butler, Byron Murphy, Robert Alford, Jace Whitaker, that's what they're rolling with. That's what they're rolling with. Obviously, if they stick and pick at 16 and there's a corner there, whether it be Caleb Farley or otherwise. When I went down and I made this list for offensive and defensive players with their different tiers, it's glaringly obvious that they have to go cornerback at 16. Even though wide receiver would be more fun, and they, it's still a glaring need, you can't stop opposing teams with a wide receiver on defense. Like, the list of, and I know that's, I said that stupidly on purpose. Let me just run this down before we get out of here. Again, rapid fire-wise, this is the quarterback wide receiver one list of the teams the Cardinals will be facing in 2021. Obviously, in division, Matthew Stafford, Robert Woods, twice. Jimmy Garoppolo, whoever the quarterback is, George Kittle, twice. Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, twice. That's division. That's six games. They still have 10 games to go, and this is the list. Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, 
Kirk Cousins, Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson. Whoever the quarterback in Houston is, Brandon Cooks. Carson Wentz, Michael Pittman Jr., who's going to be a terror this year, Michael Pittman is. Um, Sam Darnold, DJ Moore. Allen Robinson with Chicago. Dak Prescott, Amari Cooper with Dallas. Trevor Lawrence, DJ Chark in Jacksonville. Those are bona fide wide receiver ones for 13 games or 14 games for the Cardinals next year. You're telling me that Byron Murphy, Robert Alford, and and, uh, and Malcolm Butler are where it's at, and a rookie corner, even if they draft a rookie corner and that's it, you think that's going to be enough? Regardless of how good the pass rush is and regardless of how much that helps a weak cornerback room, it ain't going to be enough to stop that murderer's row of quarterback wide receiver one tandems the Cardinals going to have to face in 2021. Alex Clancy here. Bo Brock will be back with me on Monday. Thank you for listening. Thank you for following. Follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. Follow the podcast at Locked on AC Cards. We will talk to you on Monday.